<laughs> I'm going to hypnotize you. Three, two, one. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> oh, hello. How are you today? Uh, a little tired. Yeah, I'm a little tired too. I think you can hear it in our voices. Yeah. Does my voice sound weird today? I think it's... it doesn't. Oh, really? I feel like it sounds. Your voice never sounds weird. Mm. Yeah, I have a weird. My voice has much more range in weirdness than yours does. I disagree. Really? Actually, I feel like my voice is right behind my nose right now. Oh, I never know. Your voice is always the same, no matter <laughs> what the situation. Oh, well. Morning, night. <laughs> Like happy, sad, always same timbre. I didn't sleep that well because I made the mistake of going over these questions for this Q&A really late last night, right before bed. And then I was kept awake thinking about them all. Oh, you've (laughs) taken on everyone's troubles in your mind. Uh, And I don't want that to seem like it's going to be a sad Q&A or anything. I just think that I have to be better at like stopping at business hours and yeah, not maybe, this maybe, is not a bedtime story for me yeah, no q a reading after 3 p.m yes. new rule also it makes me happy that we are now doing more q a's because it means we can answer more shandy's questions yes shall we get going that's what we do yes all right this first question is from anonymous mm. dear shandy my question is about how to best move through a situation that involves me 34 female and luke 30 male. We live in a small town that is considered a large town for our rural state. We met at an outdoor volunteer organization a couple of years ago when we were both applicants for the group. We were both single at the time. He had just broken up with his longtime girlfriend, G. I was interested but was casually seeing other people. We hung out for about a month before I ended things via text after I got the dreaded ick. In his response, he noted that he was in a weird place because of G and that he still wanted to be friends. We resumed our friendship and he eventually got back together with G. I know that G did not enjoy spending time with me because of my brief history with Luke, but Luke and I continued to spend time together as friends. I would say a couple of months after I ended our casual thing, I felt some regret. I know I have an issue with emotionally unavailable men and that men become more compelling to me when I can't have them, whether because of their own emotional issues or distance or other reason. I developed a bit of a crush on Luke again and would have never acted on it because he was back in a relationship and also because I valued our friendship too much to risk it. After a year or so of Luke back together with G, they broke up again recently. I don't have specifics at this point as of why, just that he felt he was trying to make himself fit her. I think I want to try pursuing things with Luke, but want to make sure he is ready for it, that I won't bungle it and protect our friendship. When I ended the nascent thing before, I ended it with him part because I didn't think he was a good kisser and didn't want to have to teach him. (laughs) I do really like him. He is funny, smart, so kind and giving, and we enjoy similar activities and could go on some really fun adventures. He's my favorite person to text, and I feel happy around him. I am wondering how to navigate this so that I don't get the ick again, since I know I am prone to that and often over superfluous reasons. I also want to remain mindful of where he's at with a recent breakup. I think that he could be interested again, and the idea of that makes me really excited. I am not really a relationship person. Person, but I think I might want to give something a try with him. Thanks so much for all your thoughtful advice, the artful analogies, and of course, jokes. Anonymous. Thank you, Anonymous. Okay, I have a very strong opinion on this one. Go ahead. 
Oh, you want me to go first? Well, you, you, you let off with a strong opinion. I mean, give it. I think that she should give this some breathing room. I like that she is self-aware enough to know that she tends to go for unavailable men. The harder they are to get, suddenly the more appealing they are to her. But she really did give this thing with Luke a try in between him dating G. And then she's the one who ended it because he gave her the ick. I'm just not 100% confident that if she were to do this again, that she wouldn't get the ick again pretty quickly, especially considering she thought he was a bad kisser. The odds of him suddenly improving his kissing drastically, especially having gotten back together with the same girl. It's not like he dated five new girls, one of whom might have taught him how to kiss better. You know what? I agree with you, first of all. Okay. And I'm going to say this. Once ick, always ick. Mm. Getting the ick with someone... And then thinking you can get back together with them and not get the ick again is like going to the refrigerator, knowing that you haven't gone shopping and no one else has, and <laughs> thinking there's going to be a delicious sandwich in there next oh, time you check. That's always a little sad, isn't it? It is sad, yeah. but it's, it's, it's a fact. Yeah. It's not going to be there. There's no sandwich in the refrigerator. They don't magically grow. <laughs> the ick, once planted... Never stops. So I agree like 90%. I think once in a while, maybe time passes and the person really matures or grows or suddenly develops some kind of game or something. But I agree with you on the whole, which is that she knows that she got the ick from this guy. I actually think his relationship with the other girl is sort of irrelevant. Totally irrelevant. The only purpose G really serves in Anonymous's story is that she keeps Luke from being available to Anonymous. Yeah, all what happened was is she she got the ick. Uh-huh. You want to keep the refrigerator analogy? Or is yeah, I love too, it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, so she, she basically... She's sitting at home. She checks the refrigerator. Nothing in there. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, I really would have liked a sandwich. She leaves the house, <laughs> goes out for a long walk, takes a stroll in the park, feeds some squirrels, comes back to the house. Oh, and but she also eats out. Uh, can I? Excuse <laughs> me. I didn't realize it's a team effort on this analogy. Just a little, so she goes out, comes back to the house. A few hours later, she's had a big day. Okay. Comes back to the house. She doesn't have a roommate, but she says to herself, maybe... Mm. Maybe somebody came into the house, snuck in, and dropped some groceries off in my refrigerator to be nice. Mm. And she checks the refrigerator again with a big smile and realizes no sandwich. Oh, a big... That's what's happened A big expectant smile. Like, I've been gone for so long, something might have happened. No, it's still the refrigerator that it was before. No one's coming to your house. Don't go back to the ick. The ick is the ick. Look, if you got the ick in fifth grade with somebody and then you meet them when they're 35, mm. fine. Absolutely, maybe the ick is gone. That doesn't count, though. Yeah. As adults, the ick doesn't go away, period. What's key about the fridge analogy is that you have no one to blame but yourself. No. Yeah. She's the one who didn't go grocery shopping. She's right. the one who didn't stock up her fridge. She didn't blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. In this case, she knows that... She gets the ick with Luke. She knows that she has a tendency to lose interest in people when they're available and and gain interest when they're not available. I do think she values her friendship with Luke. And that means that there's something to lose here. And I, you know what I feel reading this? I feel bad for Luke. No. I feel like Luke's emotions are being a little toyed with. And I think that Anonymous, we're not, I hope we're not making you sound like the bad guy here because I think it's totally natural. I think this happens a lot. You know, when you have someone and you're like, I don't really want them, but suddenly you can't have them anymore. And suddenly they're a lot shinier and newer than they were. You know what creates the illusion of no ick? 
is not being able to have it. Yes, 100%. So that just makes you human. But I think you should just be friends with Luke for a while and be a good friend. So that means, you know, supporting him through his breakup and not instead angling to get back together with him because you've decided you're no longer icked by him. I think that that makes you a better friend. And then you can decide down the road if you're both feeling the same way, whether or not that's something you want to pursue. But for now, you know, let it let it rest. Already no. when they got together, it was in between him dating this other person. I just feel like, could they just, could it just be can, can for I tell a little you, while? Can I tell you what this sounds like? What? It sounds like a small town situation. Oh. And I don't mean that in any derogatory way. Uh. It's a disadvantage to live in a small town. The smaller the town, the more naive the dating well, situation also, well, the is. Well, the smaller the pool and therefore when someone is available, then suddenly it feels kind of like... You need to pounce on that, maybe. But it's all high school. It feels everything becomes like high this school feels because a little high school because to me. it's it's too small a pool, yeah. as you said. The smaller the town, the smaller the pool, the more high school it gets. And what is high school? High school is lack of experience. Okay. To me, this smells like lack of experience. Like this going back to the well of ick. Mm -hmm. To me, is is a symptom of living in an unnaturally small pool. Mm. It's too. Intimate. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think that can work in people's favors. When, Absolutely. When, like sometimes, you know, when tourists come to the city and you see them walking around, sometimes I'll see a couple and I'll be like, that couple would never be together in New York City. Yes. And I don't mean that derogatorily. It's something that's just obvious and anyone who lives who's lived uh, in New York a long time would agree with me. 100%. Yeah. Small town giveth and small town taketh. Yes. In this case, I think it's taketh. And I think that you have to recognize that you're in a small town and then say, I have a disadvantage mm -hmm. and say, what is my behavior looking like as a result of this small town? And can I acknowledge it mm -hmm. and try to avoid these pitfalls mm -hmm. because of my disadvantage? Yeah. I just think that if she gets back to, if she forces this and gets back together with him sooner than he's ready, you know, right now it should just be about him figuring his stuff out after breaking up, presumably for the last time with G it should just be like them being friends yeah. for a while. Yes. To see what happens. Yeah. Friends. friends. How about just friends? Friends. And 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 look to the other seven guys in the town. <laughs> Real helpful, Andy. All right, Anonymous, I hope that helps. And I hope it doesn't sound like we were being critical of you. I actually think your situation is extremely relatable and very human. And my favorite thing about it is that you could admit that you are more interested in people when you know you can't have them. Yeah. I think that that shows a lot of growth right there. That shows that she's in her 30s. Yeah, I think this is a good thing to learn from. Rather than pursue this and cause more potential trouble for herself, mm -hmm. this is a good time to learn, yeah. to step back and learn. Yeah, the way the email's written, it almost feels like she She's like in the crouched, like about to like three, two, one, go position. It's yeah. like he just broke up. Like how soon is too soon to make my move kind of thing. And I yeah. think that's the wrong approach right now. Yes. All right, Anonymous. Good luck. All right. This next question is from Stressed. No. Oh. That doesn't sound good. Dear Shandy, I, 34 female, love your show. It is a delightful window into the world of joy you've created simply by being together. The singing, goofiness, emotional sensitivity, intelligence, humor, such a treat. Oh. Thank you, stressed. Thank you. <laughs> I'd appreciate your thoughts if you choose to A, my cue. I trust your opinions, the incredible thought you put into them, and it melts my heart how much you care about us, Shandies. Oh, that's very oh. sweet. Thank you stressed <laughs> <laughs> again thank you 
I've known Lucy, 35, for 12 years. She works at a company I left last year. She's a real-life bully. She spreads false rumors about people and campaigns to get them fired in retaliation for what she views as threats to her position of power. That's just one of a plethora of toxic traits. A few former colleagues recently formally complained about her, but nothing changed since she's the boss's niece. I put up with her to avoid conflict, but never considered her a friend. When I changed jobs a year ago, I thought she was out of my life. Cue ominous music. My problem is twofold. One, Lucy has texted many times since I left asking to hang, saying I was her closest friend at work. I was initially taken aback, but I guess it's not surprising as I don't think she has many friends. I have continually said I'm busy or not replied to texts, but the attempted fade out isn't working. My husband thinks I should break up with her, but I am afraid of getting on her bad side, as weak as that sounds. Our industry is small, everybody knows everybody, and I don't want the next starring role in Lucy's malicious gossip. Two, recently Lucy texted me about a young girl, 22, started work after I left, having an affair with an older colleague, 37, male, married with kids. It's blatantly a lie. I think she is trying to get the girl fired because she publicly disagreed with Lucy about a big project, and the male colleague sided with the girl. He was also among those who complained about Lucy, so she clearly has it out for him too. It's beyond spiteful. Rumors like this can ruin lives. Lives, and Lucy has the capacity to do so. She completely lacks empathy, is deeply insecure, and has the boss's ear. Nepotism wins hard here. One, should I break up with Lucy or stay the fade out course? If the answer is to break up, any ideas how to navigate it given the circumstances? Two, should I warn the guy about Lucy? He and I were friendly but not close, and I worry I'll get dragged into drama. That said, I'd feel horrible if it blew up, and I could have said something to stop it. I'm also concerned for the young girl, but I've never met her and am not friends with anyone from her division in the company whom I could enlist to help. I got so anxious about this a couple of nights ago that I started crying. My husband, trying to comfort me, asked if he should text the male colleague about Lucy on my behalf. It's sweet of him to offer, but I know I'd still end up entangled. FYI, my husband is a real man at 39. Unrelated, but thought you might like the extra color. That's a, that's a real man offer. Yeah, totally, totally. All of us live in an Asian city and are part of a tight-knit community of expats. Neither Lucy nor I have kids, and she's single. Much love, stressed. Oh, I, I can see why she's stressed this, now. This is one of the ones that stressed me out last night. You know what I, I would say? What? Start interviewing for another job. Well, she already left. Stress left this workplace a year ago and has been trying to fade on Lucy for a year. So what's she worried about? Well, I think that she was, I mean, she's the first of all, Lucy's not getting the hint. Okay. So that's interesting. Your reaction is very interesting. You're like, what's the problem? How did I miss that? Well, she said it twice. She left the company. Oh, wow. I don't know how I missed that. I was I was so stressed about the situation. I wasn't listening to the details. Yeah, no, she no longer works oh, there. So oh. she's, you know, she's in a really good position, actually, because it means that she doesn't need to cower as much to Lucy. Oh, this is, no, this is, as a matter of fact, this is almost delightful. She gets to treat Lucy the way Lucy deserves. Oh. Without any real ramifications. Oh. Well, I mean, they, she said it was a tight-knit group of expats. So what is Lucy going to do? Try to ruin her life outside of the company? Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like Lucy's reputation 
has already, you know, caught up with her. It's just in this work environment where nepotism wins, you can't really get on her bad side. So everyone's Lu- dancing around Lucy's it. power ends at this company. Mm. I think that stressed should should absolutely go scorched earth on her. She should be the hero here. She should fix the problem of Lucy. Mm. Tell everybody. Tell everybody what Lucy's up to. Mm. And mercilessly break up with her. Ooh, wow. Mercilessly. Be like, you are a terrible person. I know what you're up to. And I won't get coffee with you. I won't even think about you while I'm making a coffee. Oh, my. Go fuck yourself, oh my Lucy. God. You bitch. Okay. Wow. I don't agree with you. Only because, look, I think that that's like a great movie ending. Like if I'm paying money to go to the movie theater, which apparently we don't do anymore, but I want a dramatic, satisfying ending, 100%, I want that ending. But this is real life. I don't think that that is going to alleviate her stress anytime soon. And I say that because I relate to her. Like I was stressed reading this email. It kept me up last night. So I think that stressed, you should stay the hard fade out, bordering on ghosting course, because I think that there, it is impossible as unself-aware as Lucy appears to be that she will not get the hint. Eventually you can almost force the issue by the, the border ghosting, you know, just reply to one, one out of every four texts. You're too busy. You're traveling. There's just, you have too much on your plate. Sorry. And Lucy will have to get the hint. And if she doesn't, that's on her. You know, you've made it clear in a myriad of ways that you are not close with her. And she should not feel close to you. And the coworker, the 37-year-old coworker, she was friendly with him, but not close. And one of the joys of no longer being in that company means this is not her problem. He's a grown man. The 22-year-old person is also a grown woman, technically. I mean, she's an adult. This is not her problem. This will be a life lesson for them. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I was kidding. <laughs> I have to admit, that's the ending I would pay to see. Clearly, I would want to see that. Yeah. Like as a fantasy. Yeah. But obviously, she should extract herself. Lucy is the kind of person that whether you're working with her or not, or whether she lives in another country, you don't want to deal with a person like that. Yeah. Lucy seems like she's, I don't want to throw out the word narcissist, but she's in that like not borderline antisocial behavioral issue category. Yeah. There's something wrong with her. Yes. You do not want anything to do with that kind of person. You don't want to be on the peripheral of their universe, yes. even if you're not working in the same company. So I would say 100% ghost light, uh-huh. so you don't cause any major problems. Ghost light, ghost medium, ghost heavy. Yeah. Fully ghost. Okay. <laughs> and don't tell anybody else about what's going on. It's not your problem anymore. No, it's not. It's not her problem anymore. No. She's moved on. That's the thing. And I, I know that might sound a little harsh on the 37 male coworker, but I guarantee you, if he heard it from stressed, it would just involve her. Like it's possible that stressed is the only person Lucy has told that she thinks they're having an affair. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if then he confronts Lucy, suddenly stressed is involved again in work oh. drama. It's just not oh, absolutely. worth it. Absolutely. No, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. Knowing person like Lucy yes. will get back. Oh, yeah. To her. She's she's the kind of person that digs yeah. around. Who all told you does. that? Where did you hear that? This yeah. is her business. Yes. This is all she does. This is what she lives for. Yes. She lives for this. She stuff. thrives on this. So extract, 
And you know what? Don't be stressed. You can now, when you hear this answer, I want you to, oh, ready? I'm going <laughs> to hypnotize you. Three, two, one, no stress. <laughs> okay. Factor in your fridge, factor in your mouth, but there's one place you won't find factor, and that's in the garbage. <laughs> and that one really kept me on my toes, Andy. Yeah. I'm still not sure what to make of that. But you're right, you, you will not find factor in the garbage. Yes, because it is so delicious, you will scrape the container. Yes, clean. Clean. You lick will lick it. it. Lick it, then put water in it, shake it up, and drink it. <laughs> So Factor is a game changer for when you need to eat healthy, you want to eat tasty, but you don't have a lot of time. Also, maybe you do have time, but you also just don't feel like cooking. That's where Factor comes in. And I've got to tell you right now, we do not have Factor in the fridge because we finished our last one yesterday. And I am extremely bummed because I was looking forward to having one for lunch today. And then I opened it and realized we were out and I was like, yeah, you could say that you didn't factor that in. No. (laughs) So Factor meals are chef prepared, dietitian approved, and they're shipped directly to your door, never frozen. This is key. That means it doesn't have that pre-frozen taste. Yeah, that soggy, sad, no. lifeless yes. taste and look and feel. Yes, you just heat it up in 10 minutes or less, and then you're ready to go. There's no faster way from fresh to your mouth other than you being a master chef and making something in five or seconds. Or ordering takeout, but you know how much more money takeout costs than Factor? With Factor, the dishes truly are sophisticated. They're a step up. You can taste it immediately. I've mentioned before that my favorite dish has a chutney on the side. And you have over 35 different options to choose from, and you can specify calorie smart, vegan veggie, or keto. So no matter what, your lifestyle is taken into account. So head to factormeals.com slash shandy50 and use code shandy50 for 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Again, that's 50% off your first box with code shandy50 at factormeals.com slash shandy50 plus two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Charlene, are you wearing skims right now? What do you think? I don't need to ask. I know. Ooh, how, how do you know, Andy? I'll, I'll model. Seamless, form-fitting elegance. I love skims for their basics. You guys have heard me talk about this before, but I will demonstrate. But seriously, look at the seamlessness. I am wearing the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra underneath the soft lounge tank. And look, look. Do you see a bra poking out around my armpits? You look like a cartoon character. There's no digging in in the underwire, a cartoon character. Yeah. Where are the parts? Where are the bumps? Honestly, their pieces are just so perfectly designed to not have things sticking out in places or digging in in places you don't want them to be digging in. And you've been going on a lot about their bras these days. Yes, their bras. I mean, it started with the Fits Everybody collection. Everyone knows I'm obsessed with the bralette, the scoop neck bralette and the boy shorts. But then I started, you know, going deeper down the rabbit hole and I tried their bras. The t-shirt bra, I officially have replaced my basic bras with. So I have it in black and in ochre. That's my skin tone color. And now I've started to morph into more of like the push-up territory they just know what they're doing no i can tell it's obvious okay as we discussed there's no parts sticking out there's no bumps it just seems like it's like painted on it's incredible (laughs) body paint and i would be remiss if i did not discuss comfort because i am telling you i have reached a point in my life where i do not like wearing things that are uncomfortable anymore have you seen me wear really high heels lately no i just i'm like no it's not worth it no you've given up well yeah well (laughs) okay 
I have not given up. I just value my comfort. I decided that I can look as put together with maybe a two and a half inch block heel. Meanwhile, with skims, you get it all because you really do get that perfect fit, but you do not sacrifice any comfort. So believe the hype. Skims has over 100,000 five-star reviews for a reason. Skims bras are available in 62 sizes. That's 30A through 46H and are available now at skims.com. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you make your purchase, select podcast in the survey and Dear Shandy in the drop-down menu that follows. And if you're looking for a gift for your Valentine or for yourself, Skims just launched their best Valentine's shop ever, also available at skims.com. I was expecting some sort of ding. No. A little ding. A triangle. Can we talk about the triangle and what a perfect sound that is? Is that the thing? Do they do that when they hypnotize people? Yeah. They sometimes Is that still or is that a movie thing? I think it might be a movie thing. They like swing the little like the watch. I want to get hypnotized so bad, but it's never worked for me. I've seen people hypnotized. I actually, at at college once, a hypnotist came to an assembly. Okay. And hypnotized some people on stage. And a couple of them were friends of mine. Okay. And they legitimately were hypnotized. And they told me, I was like, are you joking? Were you in on it? Was it a joke? And they're like, no, I I was legitimately hypnotized. Like, I couldn't believe it. Oh. And these are like kind of cynical people. Yeah. So I think it's real. No, I think that there is something to it, but I once volunteered for a situation like that. It didn't work. It didn't work on mm. me. And I played along because I didn't want to humiliate the oh, hypnotist. Oh, you played along. That's so Canadian. <laughs> Well, what would you do in that situation? Just be like, didn't work on me, like on a stage in front of people. Like I was saving face for the hypnotist. Oh, I, I think I would have. I, I would oh, have, really? But, I, I would have politely. I wouldn't have been like, ain't hypnotized. Uh, no, I mean, I didn't go I overboard. I wasn't that. like, ooh. I was just like, I did the things that I would do and that the people around me were doing. That's yeah. important. Like, you know, if everyone was living, lifting their right arm, I would lift my right arm, oh. you know. And then, But then afterwards, when people are like, were you really hypnotized? I was like, no, I didn't wow. pretend afterwards. The person oh. was performing. You have to be conscious of someone performing. It's Next just- time I do a hypnotism show, I'm going to have all Canadians on the stage <laughs> and become famous. I think we've answered this one. stressed. I feel your stress so much so that it kept me up last night. And I implore you to do what you need to do for you to alleviate the stress. So I think that means cutting off ties. You no longer work there. If you see these people in a social setting, you will be, you know, you'll have a nice time, I'm sure. But this is not something you need to be spending your free time currently day to day worrying about. Yeah. Think of it like a dream. It's all a dream. That's it. It's not really happening. It's in your head. I mean, she's really invincible right now. Yeah. Lucy's power no longer affects her. No, she's been hypnotized. She's been cleansed. And people like Lucy, the sooner, honestly, the sooner you cut them out, the better. Oh, yeah. Whoever on their deathbed is like, oh, I really wish I'd stayed friends with that toxic, gossipy person longer. No, exactly. And I'll tell you something. If I ever get a a not good feeling about someone early. Uh Uh-huh. It's never wrong, ever. Mm. I've never been wrong. I've never been like, I don't have a great feeling about this person, but I'll go get lunch with them. And I'm like, you know what? I was wrong. Never happened. Yeah, no, it's true. Always worse than I thought. You actually are particularly good with that. Andy has a very good read on people, I've discovered. Hmm. Better than me. I tend yeah. to like see what I want to see in people. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you, you're think, immediately, you're like, Mm-mm, no. No, I feel bad energies. Bad energies. Yeah. It's like emanating off them. I should start one of those like infomercials. <laughs> I see bad energy. 
I'll cure it for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, stressed. Good luck. I do think you're going to need it, but hopefully not too much. All right, this next question is from Anonymous. Dear Shandy, Thank you so much for all the time and effort it must take to produce your show. I've been listening since way back when. With much delight, I found my favorite Bachelor cast member closely rivaling Lily McManus talking about fashion on the Pretty Panda show. You both remind me so much of specific friends and must admit, I wish we were in real life. Oh, that's cute. Thank you, Anonymous. I mean, maybe her friends, uh, maybe we wouldn't thank her once we met her friends. So here's my question. It's about money and friends. Not always a good mix. I am in my early 50s and I went on a trip to Mexico with two of my friends in their 30s, all women. I make a little more money than they do, but early on we agreed to split everything and even decided on the app that we would use to track expenditures. We also shared different levels of effort. For example, since I'd recently had arm surgery, they helped me with my luggage. And one of their husbands gave us a ride to the airport from upstate. He was heading that way, but it was really early in the morning, and I was able to give them a lot of guidance and helped make hugely meaningful connections for them on the retreat we went on since I'm close with the organizers. I feel sure they would both say it was a life-changing experience and they wouldn't have had it without me. I ended up paying for everything of our shared expenses, a night in a hotel, dinner, three Uber rides, and an expensive taxi from the airport. I couldn't figure out how to use the app with three people, so I figured I'd just look at my credit card and figure it out later. We each paid our own expenses once we arrived at the retreat. One of them bought my bus ticket, $28, and coffee at the airport. The other bought me coffee one other time, so I spent around $300 plus, and they each spent spent $10 to $40. It was a wonderful trip and feeling magnanimous. I can't be track. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty big difference. It would be no, hard not to keep track. No, it's, it's, it's a big difference. Yeah. Just, yeah. As if you wouldn't notice no, that I would difference. Notice. You I would, would notice. so notice that difference. I would have liked to hear the sense. It was a wonderful trip and feeling magnanimous. I wrote a note to both saying I didn't feel like doing the math and was fine just calling it even. Oh. And I was fine. I wanted to treat. In hindsight, I should have worded it differently because they both wrote back saying they were fine calling it even too. (laughs) (laughs) Wish I could send a screenshot of the exchange. I admit I was expecting a hearty thanks for my gesture. They are both usually very kind and generous with me and everyone, and they are usually very thoughtful. I am left wondering if they just didn't realize how much I spent or if they somehow feel I owe them for something so it was indeed even. Or maybe it's generational. It's so strange to me. So I was thinking of writing again and saying, FYI, here's the total. Or just asking one of them in person if I'd done something to elicit this strange response or just leave it. But I worry I'll be a little off balance next time a check for dinner arrives. It is definitely their turn. But maybe they don't know that. I see them both often and consider them close friends. What would you do? How would you phrase it? I look forward to your take. I almost always agree with you on money matters. P.S. I hope I'm not the asshole anonymous. Oh, man. Okay, I have a lot I have a lot of thoughts. I love this one. It's so... oh, Oh, it's icky. Yeah. Number one, she rolled the dice and she lost. Walk away from the table. That's uh-huh. it. 
There's, there's no other response. Well, her, there's nothing. Her rolling the dice was sending the magnanimous text, which was, I'm fine calling it even. She did that thinking they were aware of how much more she had spent. And it sounds like a lot of the expenses that she had paid for were things sort of before the trip, like the hotel beforehand, taxis, Ubers, those, you know, those are after you've done that Uber ride. It takes a certain kind of person to be like, who paid for that Uber? How much was it? Yeah. How yeah. much do I owe you? Yeah. I want to take care of Ubers that. Ubers get lost in the shuffle oh, sometimes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing, that there's a couple things here. One is, as I said first, she she threw this text out. That was, that was her mistake. Mm. She did it, I think, mostly out of the goodness of her heart, kind of. <laughs> a little strategic. More strategic so than not. But you, you think that it was strategic, meaning she just wanted a big thank you or for them to insist. Yeah, it's like it's like if, if your friend takes you out for your birthday and sometimes you'll be like, oh, let me get this. And you're like, oh, no, you know they're going to pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just want you don't want to be a dick and be like, well, it's my birthday, so let's, let's <laughs> see the money. So I think she kind of did a little bit of that where she was like, I'll be nice. I'll get points for being nice, but I'll also get my money. No, I think she was intending to treat. But I, okay, I we know, don't know that. Well, I relate to anonymous in that i have a tendency to be generous in this way with friends but i also have a thing where i hate feeling underappreciated well but that's but, but i inherited this from my mom like no I, I if i feel like i'm not being appreciated i'm yeah. like but mm, i think me? that that's a value that that's a form of currency mm. and she was looking for either currency as in like actual currency yeah. or the currency of thanks she was looking for gratitude. the currency of thanks yeah either one i think no or both whatever if no. she really wanted the money back she wouldn't have sent that text. best case scenario is I, i'm not saying she wanted the money back but i'm saying that there were three possibilities uh -huh. one is they're like okay fine thanks yeah not even thanks just fine, fine sounds good to us <laughs> yeah that's the worst scenario yeah the second would have been oh no let's split it yeah, you know, I and insist. she'd be like, okay, well, I'm not going to fight you. Yeah, oh, no, I'll take it. Like, no, let's split it. Okay, then they split it. Uh -huh. And the best scenario is, oh, that's so sweet of you to offer. But no, we're going to split it. Then you're like, wow, I got thanks and I no, get well, money. And I, no, I think the third one is them just being like, oh, wow, I know you paid way more than we did. Like, thank you so much. What a generous right. gift. Next time we hang out, I'm getting dinner. That, that, you're right. That's equal to that. Yeah. Uh, that's also okay, great. Okay, okay. That's another, that's like part B of the best okay. possible solution. But she got nothing. She got the worst thing. Yes. Which is like no thanks, no money, no acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Just terrible. Yeah. And she's right. It is generational. First of all, I think they think that she's like their mother. Oh, okay. I was wondering if you were going to talk about the age. Yeah. The age so is a big she, thing. She's here. in her early 50s and makes more money than them. And they are in their 30s. She didn't say where in their 30s. I don't think it's like a mother dynamic, but I do think that they have a sort of more like mentor, maybe energy with her where you know, she's the one with the connections for this retreat. And she, it sounds like she did a lot of the arranging for it, which is why she would pay for the logistical things ahead of time. And I think that they think that she's well off and, you know, she offered it and they're, they probably see the, the $300 as being almost nothing to her, while to yeah. them it would be a lot of money. I think that they think it's a given that the older, oh, more established woman. I don't know about a woman, given. No, I'm telling you. I don't I, think it's a given. Okay. I, they acted like it was a given. Their response suggests that they thought it was a given. Mm. This would bother me. 
I got to say this would bother me. It would bother me too. This actually has happened to us. It's, I think it's happened to us in different ways, individually, together. But it's the kind of thing where you get a meal with someone you haven't seen in a really long time. You know, you have a great time and whatever. And you're like, oh, I'll get it. No, I'll get it. And you're like, no, I insist. Yeah. My treat. And then there's not really much thanks or anything. And sometimes, especially in this city, you know, that meal can be really expensive. It can be a couple hundred bucks, right? You know, sometimes I feel people take offense. It's the weird, it's the most, everything in life seems like sort of like easy to do uh-huh. until it comes to paying for something together. <laughs> yeah. It's like the hard, it's like, it's like building a bomb. Will you start to notice the little differences in how you were raised or what you notice, what bothers you, what bothers someone else. Yeah. And I really do think some people actively pretend not to notice or not to remember who paid for the Uber. And some people just genuinely are, they just don't think about it. Yeah. But there's so many little ways in which, like little forks in the road that this can go. Absolutely. And, and I've been in every situation, been in a situation where I've paid for a meal and I have a feeling the person's offended, like upset that I paid for it, like in a way that's not like, oh, I wish I had paid for it. Like, I feel bad. Like, oh, what, why would you think you're a big special person uh, for paying for uh, my see meal? See that? Oh my God. And, and also I've been on the opposite end where I've been like, oh, I probably should have paid for that. I didn't. And that's my bad. And now I feel guilty. Yeah. I've been in the situation where I, I didn't pay and I felt like the person forced me not to pay and then was upset at me for not paying. Yeah, even though yeah. They gave me no option. Yeah. It, it's every, every yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all uncomfortable. But this is a situation where I think that number one, she absolutely should have been given some gratitude. 100%. But number two, I'm 100% certain it's a situation where they either see her as like an established elder, Mm -hmm. even though she's not like that much older than them, but Mm. she's enough older than them that they could technically be her children. Technically. Technically speaking. Okay, let's say they're 35 and she's 52. Okay, technically from a a biological standpoint. I mean, there's a lot of 17-year-old mothers in the country these days. Sure. But my point is is that they see her as this separate. Mm. They see her as a giver. They see her as a provider. And that's just, I think that's a generational thing. I think like 60 years ago, that wouldn't be the situation. But now it is. And that's something she has to accept. Oh, she oh, went, It makes me cringe. Yeah, but th- that's what the, they, they don't see it. I don't think they see it. I don't think they, for one second, either of them were like uncomfortable with the situation. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah, pay for it. Yeah, I thought you would pay for it. So now you're acknowledging that and we're good. So I have this friend who doesn't live in the city and who I see, you know, once in a while. And she's younger than me, but not by a crazy amount, by less than 10 years. And whenever we get together, I always offer and she always accepts <laughs> and she never offers. And it's at the point now where we've just reached this dynamic where like I always pay <laughs> and because I don't see her enough, I don't feel the need to bring it to a head. You know, if I saw her every month and she lived in the city, it would be something different. But it's like it's not bankrupting me to get a meal every once in a blue moon. Is she doing OK financially? Well, she always does mention money stress at some point in the meal. So I do feel a sense of like... Does she give a lot of gratitude every time you pay? Not as much as I would... (laughs) (laughs) Not as much as you desire. Yeah, but I have to admit, like, I kind of put myself in this position. And I think in this case, Anonymous, you have kind of put yourself in this position with this exact circumstance, meaning you sent the magnanimous text... Uh, And I think that is where this needs to end. 
And I hope that next time you get dinner with these friends, given how generous and thoughtful you have described them to be, they will in the back of their mind somewhere will be like, oh, I think you paid for more on that trip. Let's let's pull in together and get your meal or let's get you a round of drinks or something. I would like to think that. Uh-huh. But I also think there's no guarantees and you will need to let this one be water on the bri- under the bridge. This is a lesson, you know, a oh, lesson yeah. that cost a couple hundred bucks. What I would do is the next meal, I would just sit there. I'd be ordering coffees for seven hours. I wouldn't ever, I just, this check would be sitting there. I'd just be like, oh yeah, one more coffee. It'd be an absolute standoff. <laughs> uh, I'd stay there until the closing time. I couldn't handle it. It's too awkward. I would just end up pulling out my card. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. I guess I would too. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> big talk. <laughs> Money is just yeah, a minefield. And we've both been there. Like, honestly, in my life, I th- there have been times where I think I feel like I've been not doing well financially and I've been with someone who's doing very well financially. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an assumption. I'm like, they're going to be paying for more things. And there's been vice versa where I've been doing well and I've been with someone who's sort of hit the skids. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I pay because that just seems right. Yeah. But when it's not that situation where it's like a friend, a long-term close friend where you're kind of like, you know, shifting in life yeah. and you're sort of taking up the burden, this is this is just weak behavior. I think and, so. And, and she put herself out there. There's nothing she can do about it. Yeah. There's no point in making this a big thing. Yeah. That's it. It's over. But I would say next time, as you, you know, as we discussed, next time there's a meal, I would, I would drag it. I would, I would wait <laughs> as long as possible. I get the feeling from this email that she's like us and she'll be like pulling out her card. Like she can't help it. She's like trying to stop herself, but yeah, she's but then, putting it down. But then the resentment will grow. It will grow into a forest. Well, the resentment's already growing. The resentment is growing. And I think if they go to a meal and they do not offer at all, there is no acknowledgement of the fact that she paid literally 10 times the amount. You know, she says they're generous, they're lovely, all these things. Okay, but I do think that's where you, on a on a very, like on a micro level, you categorize them differently. You know, I don't mean this, to, wait, but let's, I always pay attention to which friends are like, oh, actually, you didn't get any drinks at this meal and we all got three each. Like, how about you don't leave a tip? You know what I, I mean? I, I completely Am I crazy? Agree. You know what? This is a wait and see. Maybe, yeah. maybe if she waits and doesn't say anything, doesn't do anything and just, just keeps an open mind, like come the next holiday, she's going to get an amazing gift from them. And she's like, oh, I feel so bad for, <laughs> you know, now I feel guilty. I hope so. And that's happened to me before, actually. I've, almost I've like, never. Almost never. I think literally one time. That's why I remember That's a 0.1% chance. Yeah. Usually it's the opposite. Usually I just get burnt again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or vice versa. <laughs> Uh, I really wish age wasn't a factor in this, but I do think it is slightly. I think you're it's right about 100% that. 100% a factor. Yeah. All right, Anonymous. Good luck. I hope that you still agree with us on money terms. Yeah. yeah. Get that app working. A fee, a pass, apostrophe is the thing to make your skin dewy. <laughs> I feel like you ran out of beats towards the end there, Andy. Too many syllables. But it worked because Apostrophe connects you with board-certified dermatologists so you can get prescription-level skincare without ever leaving the home. And let me tell you, once you get prescription-level, you can really up your skincare game. And let's be honest, there are a lot of skincare items out there. It's a sea. It's a literal ocean Mm -hmm. of skincare. And how do you choose? You know what a good way to choose is? 
What? Uh, you know what is a good way to choose? Uh-huh. Is to consult with an actual medical doctor. Yes. And with Apostrophe, you fill out their online consultation where you take selfies of your skin and type out what your skincare concerns are. And then that board certified dermatologist will review your information and prescribe you something. And I really do feel like seeing the doctor, like going to the doctor feels like a really dramatic thing for some people to do. They're like, oh, I'll just go to my local wherever and get whatever cream the person yeah. making a commission off this sale tells me to buy. Yeah, whatever the lady's advertising on the TV. Yeah, on the TV. The famous lady. Yeah. <laughs> the famous lady who probably, by the way, at home has a dermatologist and uses prescription skincare. Yeah, and maybe apostrophe. So we have a special deal for our Shandies right now. You can get your first visit with an apostrophe provider for only $5 when you go to apostrophe.com slash Shandy and enter promo code Shandy, that is a savings of $15, and this offer is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash Shandy and click get started. Then use our code Shandy at sign up, and you'll get your first visit for only $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. You know what I was thinking about yesterday when I was washing my hair with pros, Charlene? Oh, what were you thinking about? I was thinking about how I want everything in my life to be as bespoke as pros is for my hair and uh, scalp. Doesn't it make you feel so good and taken care of? Not only is what's inside that bottle formulated specific, for your hair and the fact that you live in New York City with a certain zip code and a certain climate, but it even to drive that point home has your name right on the label. And just for kicks, they ask you what kind of fragrance you want. Or maybe you're sensitive to fragrance. You don't want any fragrance. I love that Pros gives you that option too. And the fragrances are the best shampoo fragrances I've ever used. Yes, they're very sophisticated, very nice fragrances. Okay, so Pros, we have to explain to any new Shandies what Pros is. It's bespoke custom made to order hair care with your name literally on the label you fill out their online in-depth hair consultation where you fill out everything about how your hair performs how you would like it to perform and where you live which is something that i hadn't taken into account but it turns out in new york city we have hard water and that will impact how your hair performs and then pros takes into account 85 different personal factors when preparing for you your bespoke Hair care regimen. The only way pros can fail you is if you lie. Yes. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? I don't know. No, that's weird. <laughs> you really can't fail unless you just want to. I mean, honestly, you can really spot a liar if they're lying in their pros questionnaire. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you're lying on that, you're lying with everything. Oh yeah, at that point you're just, you just self-sabotaging. Like you have a you yeah. have a problem. Yeah, yeah, you love lying. <laughs> and I love to mention that Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. Plus, they are the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. So custom mate order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get a whopping 50% off your first subscription order, plus 15% off and free shipping on every subscription order after that. Go to Pros. Dot com slash dear shandy. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash dear shandy for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. All right. This next question is from Hallie. Dear Hallie? Sh- Hallie. Like Hallie's Comet? Or just like- H-A-L-L-Y. Hallie? Like Holly <laughs> with an A in the middle yeah. of it? Yeah. It's a is pseudonym. That a name? It's a pseudonym. It's not her real name. That's not a real name. No. But that's not a real name for anyone. Well, is stressed a real name for someone? Yeah, but she's trying to make this a name. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a funny thing to take issue with. <laughs> Dear Shandy, longtime listener, first time writer, feel free to omit this for time. 
Charlene, as a fellow Hapa who grew up in a very homogenous community, watching you on Juan Pablo's season is a core memory of my high school self. Oh. I've been listening to Dear Shandy since the first episode, and it is a delight, especially during the start of COVID. It made many lonely days a little brighter. Oh, my goodness. All right. I Thank take it you, back. Hallie. Hallie's a name. Oh, Hallie's man. Name. I feel that. I know exactly how you feel. I mean, I remember the first time I saw any Hapa I, on the front of like a fitness magazine. I bought it. I bought really? a fitness you magazine. You never told me that. Yeah. Who? Was, oh, I know who the Hapa was. No, I don't think you do. Okay. I don't even know who it was. I oh. don't. She wasn't famous. She was like a fitness magazine. I bet it was that that person, that the, the the host of that show. Um, what was that? Who was that host? She what was a show? host of a show, a reality show, a long time ago. Oh. Oh, what was her name? Oh, the main the main famous Hapa I have in mind. I forget her name, but she was from um, like a Superman series. But she she was on TV. And that this says something about how few Hoppas were in the spotlight back then. Everyone I saw was like, oh, you look like that actress. And I actually didn't really look like her. It's just that we were both half Asian. So apparently we looked alike. Oh, so it was like it was like uh, friendly racism. <laughs> something like that. Okay. On to the question. My good friend, Annie, pseudonym. Female 28 is getting married and I, female 28, am one of her bridesmaids. She is planning an international trip around a 10-hour flight for most of the attendees for a joint bachelorette bachelor party. Andy, I was expecting a reaction to that. What? 10 hours. International. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, not, I'm hung up on the joint bachelorette bachelor party. <laughs> Yeah. That's the thing that bothers you. The whole point of a bachelorette or a bachelor party is to not have bachelors at your bachelorette and bachelorettes at your bachelor. Mm. Isn't that the whole point? Mm. I mean, I'm a little hung up on the 10-hour flight for this. I mean, that's also a lot for a party. Yeah. But anyway, all right. Okay. A lot of problems it with gets, this. It gets better. Originally, this trip was pitched as a long weekend, which we all signed off on. One of the bridesmaids has been responsible for booking a hotel package for the group. She ran a range of dates past us before booking, which was longer than the proposed long weekend, but I thought she was giving us a rough estimate of the dates, and I said I was free. After she paid for the package, she told us the final trip length. It was even longer than the proposed date range. And rather than being a long weekend, it was an eight day trip. Oh, my Lord. I am worried about taking off so much paid time off this year, partially because I'm also getting married. Am I the asshole if I plan to leave early from this trip? Some additional information. One of our friends already withdrew from the trip due to cost and the bride did not react well. It's mainly this reaction that makes me worried about leaving early. Annie is getting married a week after me. This is already causing some light tension and I don't want to rock the boat further. I am planning to take a significant amount of time off work this year for events, including my own wedding, Annie's wedding, and a once in a lifetime trip with my family. And if I do leave Annie's bachelorette early, I do still plan to pay my portion of the resort slash hotel fees for the whole trip. Thank you for considering my question. Even if it doesn't get answered, this was therapeutic to write down best Hallie. I, I, first of all, I think even a vacation you take for yourself eight days is, is, is long on average. Uh -huh. Like usually it's a week. Yeah. Even it's, it's like one day longer than like a normal kind of, you know, mid-year vacation. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I think it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's outrageous. You know what she is? She's a bridezilla. <laughs> I bet she's a monster. Well, the fact that she reacted poorly to someone backing out, I mean, eight days 10 hours on it's a plane insane. 
And it's a joint bachelorette bachelor party. What the hell is that? You don't even get the satisfaction of having a legit bachelorette party where you have like balloon penises. Isn't that I, the whole point? Is I that mean, every bachelorette party? Maybe, I'm penises? sure they're having their separate festivities. I'm sure they're not doing everything together. <laughs> I love how focused on that you are. <laughs> you really want balloon penises. I mean, there has to be. What is a bachelorette party without balloon penises? I have to admit the novelty of penis paraphernalia never really gets old. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the child in me. I don't know. No, it's fine. Not child. The, the high schooler in me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think our answer to this is really short, Hallie. It's pretty clear how we feel. I think that this is a no-brainer. Leave early or go late. It sounds like you want to do some part of it, and I think you should do whatever you feel comfortable with based on your paid time off, the fact that you're having your own wedding. This answer is absolutely clear, and she will never forget for the rest of your life what you did. (laughs) They're both true. Wait, you think Annie will oh, always... She'll never, she'll hold a grudge for the rest of her life. Well, I'm sorry. I, then I'm judging her. And I'm I, already I'm in judged. my answer. It's a prepackaged judging. Oh, okay. I'm winking, saying like, there might be an issue with this person. Oh, and maybe that's a, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. You should stand your ground with her because this is unacceptable. It's unacceptable to get angry at you for you having to leave early because of your life. Because uh-huh. you have a life. Yeah. You can't just do 20 hours of flying and eight days of bachelorette party <laughs> out of nowhere without a care in the yeah, world. Yeah, right around the time of her own wedding. Of her own, your own wedding. That's right, you should do this purely for investigative purposes because you will find out what kind of friend she is. Because if she really holds a grudge on this one, you've got a problem. And I, that's something else you need to think about. I also feel you should do this sooner than later like, and make sure it's known sooner than later because I don't think you're... I don't think you'll be the last person to do it. Like the other girl who already dropped out. I think that other people are also thinking of dropping out or at least cutting the trip Everyone's shorter. Thinking Everyone's thinking of dropping Everyone's thinking out. about Unless it. Unless you're completely unemployed and rich. Of like <laughs> You've inherited a lot of money and you yeah, have no you job. You have nothing else going on in yeah. your life. I feel like you don't want to be the fifth or sixth person to do this. Annie will be more upset then. And so you should pounce on it. And because you're not dropping out completely, you're just trying to do less of it. It will be less of a blow. You just want to get in early before other people drop out. I completely agree. I completely get the pole position on the dropping out. And also this should be a phone call, you know, steal yourself Pick up the phone, call her, and tell her this in person. Because if it's text, it's going to get passive aggressive and weird. Mm. I promise you. Okay. Fast and easy. Shall we move on? Mm -hmm. I feel bad for the bridesmaid doing all the planning. Oh, she's in the worst position. (laughs) I feel like she was like, oh, I'll help with the bachelorette. And now, like, she's so, she's like neck deep in this. I think bridesmaids should get paid. (laughs) I I think it's not just an honor. No, Mm. sorry. It's called maid of honor. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think this person was a maid of honor, just a bridesmaid, another bridesmaid. Oh, just a bridesmaid? Yeah. Isn't there, she's got to be the maid of honor. No, it said bridesmaid. So there's no honor. (laughs) There's no honor. She should get paid. She should be on payroll. (laughs) She should get a free trip. You know what? Free trip. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Good luck, Hallie. I think you'll need it a little bit, hopefully not too much. Five days is enough. All right. This next question is from Anonymous. It's another money one, Andy. Oh, dear. You like money ones, don't you? They're they're uncomfortable, but I do like them. Yeah. Hi, Charlene and Andy. Mm. Mm. 
I'll try to make this as short as possible. My 82-year-old mother-in-law lives on a property with two homes, a four-bedroom home and a 700-square-foot bungalow that are about 100 feet away from each other. A little over a year ago, my husband, my mother-in-law, and I agreed that we would fix up the bungalow for my mother-in-law to move into since she lives alone and that my husband and I would move into the larger home and fix it up as needed for our growing family. We just had a baby in June. Keep in mind, this was my mother-in-law's idea. Can you see where this is going, Andy? Oh, yeah. Now that the bungalow will be ready to move into around springtime, my mother-in-law is backpedaling and asking why we can't move into the bungalow instead, and she will stay in the larger house. My husband reminded her that the bungalow was designed for one person, doesn't have the storage or space we need, especially with a child. My son would basically be sleeping in the walk-in closet. We would have to have a bunch of furniture and stuff in storage. My son would have virtually no play space, etc., my husband has also put $60,000 into renovations on the bungalow, which is a lot of money for us, especially with me now being a stay-at-home mom, based on the idea that she would be moving in, not including hundreds of hours of his own labor. I understand how generous it was of my mother-in-law to agree to this in the first place, and there is obviously a sentimental attachment for her because it's the home where she raised her children. But we are currently renting and have passed up cheaper rentals and buying a home due to this plan being agreed upon and her going back on her word has put us in a tough spot. I feel livid and honestly it's making me feel a certain type of way towards my mother-in-law who I have always gotten along with and liked. Am I wrong? How would you move forward? Anonymous. Oh dear. (laughs) The email by the way is titled a $60,000 lesson. We have to make a big assumption here. Yeah. The assumption is that there was a very clear Mm -hmm. offer. Yes. As opposed to a conversation where she's like, well, maybe you could move into one of the places, maybe even the bigger one. You know, we can think about it. Oh, it wasn't. I'm I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate here for because I'm about to tear into the mother. Okay. (laughs) So I just want to say that there's there's a possibility that there's a misunderstanding. here. I think if. There was just like a press play. We have contractors coming and, you know, the money is just we all have money to spend on this. We're just going to make it happen. Then maybe you could be like, oh, were we really clear about this? I think the fact that she allowed her son to spend $60,000 on renovations, not to mention hundreds of hours doing it, the labor of doing it. I cannot fathom how she could now. Oh, uh, it's it's unfathomable. That's why I'm trying I know. to give some grace it to her, like to make try sense. to make her human. Yeah. To make her human. <laughs> to me, yeah. <laughs> she's, not, she's not quite at the level of human right now. Yeah. So, and the generosity, forget about the generosity. Generosity is the opposite if you pull it back and cause inconvenience as a result of the belief that there was generosity yes, happening. Yes. So, even, so, I got to say, even if now she's like, okay, never mind. I was just, I was just feeling sentimental about leaving the big house. Even now, the generosity has been tainted. Yeah. Because it no longer tastes as sweet. You know what I mean? She's already soured it by even balking. Oh, no, it's like, it's like you're hanging off a cliff. You got one hand and there's like 10 people around like, hey, you know, we're all we're all willing to help you. And this one person's like, no, 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 no. I, I got this. You guys take care. I'm, I got it. I'm stronger <laughs> than any one of you. I can hold this guy. Yeah. And then you're like, OK, well, right. Let's Bye, get it. Let's get it going. And he's like, you know what? I just had surgery on my back and uh, this is not a good idea. No, but seriously, this is bullshit. Yeah. And and this is, I think this is a 
to, to me, this is another red herring question. Mm. This is an interpersonal relationship situation. There's something going on either between the mother-in-law and the son where she's making a power play to test the love of her son, mm. or she's making a power play with the daughter-in-law. There's something very weird going on here mm. interpersonally. And I think it's above and beyond any financial or logistical issues. Well, I think that this isn't probably a surprisingly emotional thing for the mother-in-law. You know, she's 82 years old. The homes are 100 feet from each other on the same property. So first we have to remember that. It's not like she's being moved into some home or something, but I still think that there is significance around her moving out of her home, her large home that she raised her children, including this, the husband in, And is being moved to a smaller space. There is a, something about like a, a turning of the tides oh, I'm happening not saying here. This isn't painful for her no, emotionally. I think difficult. that I think it's probably surprising her. I do think after this moment passes and she wraps her mind around the reality of it a bit more, which frankly she should have wrapped her mind around back when she made the offer. Let's be honest. Yeah. It sounds like she didn't properly wrap her mind around it at the time when she made the yeah, offer. But that's her problem. Yeah, exactly. Not, not that's what I'm mention, saying. Not to mention, you think she's not going to be hanging out in the big house? Exactly. She's probably going to be there. She's basically going to be living there. Yeah. She's going to stay in the other house, the bungalow, whenever she feels like it. Yeah. They're, they're getting screwed no matter what. <laughs> Not getting screwed. I mean, you know what I mean. No, I know what you mean. I think that this is going to need to take a foot, putting foot down conversation. I do think this is not anonymous's battle. It's the husband's battle. You know, and I'll be honest with you, out of pure pride and spite, I would say, take your bungalow, take the big house. I'm leaving. You know, if I could afford it, if $60,000 wouldn't break my life. I would do that out of pure spite, and then the resolution would find itself. I do think that she would definitely be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, never yeah, mind. exactly." Like, I don't want you moving. I off would the bluff. Yeah. I would. I would go all in. Just yeah, that's it. Okay, you want to do that? Yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, bye. Let's see what happens. We're gonna take our our baby, yeah, our family away from you to go live in another house, and, another option. And you know what? I'd be willing to do it. I wouldn't do it as a bluff. It uh, would be a bluff because I wouldn't want it to happen. But I'd be w- committed to the possibility that I would have lost 60 grand and moved somewhere else. I don't think that has to happen here. But I think that's the move. You fight fire with fire. She just pulled the biggest power play. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not funny. I mean, I'm I'm kind of making light of this, but it's not funny. It's infuriating. It's financially handicapping. It's it's a a terrible situation she's put them in. And they've missed out on other opportunities with homes and rentals. But it's also so disrespectful. Uh, Disrespectful is not exactly the word, but it's so inconsiderate. Yes. To think... That, oh, they have a child yeah. and they'll just figure out, they'll put him wherever. Yeah. They'll put him under the bed. Who cares? Under the bed. Like, what is she thinking? This is crazy. <laughs> Slide honestly, it under there at bedtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a, yeah, exactly. Like, like on a build, doggy bed. <laughs> build, build, build like a, a dolly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. It it's is. ridiculous. I personally don't think it has to reach that point. I agree that that's sort of like the, the final Hail Mary, which is to be like, okay, well, 
respect that you don't want to leave your big house. We renovated this thinking that this was the arrangement we had. If you want, you can reimburse us for the money because now the bungalow is worth way more than it was. You know, I assume it's like now nice and renovated and maybe you can get Airbnb guests in here and whatever. So how about you reimburse us for that and we'll take that 60 grand and go find a place to live that can accommodate our family. And trust me, the mother-in-law is going to be like, oh no no no, never no. never mind. Well, your your yours is much more reasonable than mine. <laughs> I, I, I well, no, I, I it's actually it's defer. a hybrid of your suggestion. No, but I, I I reacted out of anger. But but what you're doing is a perfect uh, hybrid, as you call yeah. It. It was, it's calling it, her bluff, yeah. really. It's yeah. calling the mother-in-law's bluff because it's a very reasonable offer. You're like, yeah. well, I put sixty thousand in. You have this beautiful bungalow now. Yeah, it's all you can maybe up. you can make money on that bu- on bungalow. Yeah, now. so just give me the sixty grand back. And we're, we'll call it even. Yeah. Have your big house and your small house. And I mean, she's already getting a deal. She's gotten hundreds of hours of labor for free via her son. Yeah, there's I, no victims. I mean, I still think they're they're the victims, anonymous. No, there's family. no victims if if he does what you say. Oh yeah, he's yeah. Well, yeah, think they're about victimized the, by spent, inconvenience. They've spent so much time. The money aside, they've spent so much time like planning this. They have a newborn. It's unbelievable. But I'm trying to have grace for the mother-in-law because i do think it probably is a very emotional thing to be i don't want to say kicked out she's the one who offered this but to suddenly she's probably feeling attached and suddenly faced with the reality of her own offer and suddenly she's like oh i'm reaching a stage of my life but this is as good a situation as many mothers-in-law can hope for she's basically living in a spare bedroom it's an amazing arrangement isn't this what she wants she wants to be near them I think she's very lucky that they are going to be on the same property as where she gets to be with her grandchild every single day. Like, are you kidding me? This is fantastic. I, I, I think she's being she's being a baby. She is being a baby. But isn't that what happens? I guess. Isn't that, isn't that so interesting? Yeah, you revert. People revert. They become more and more baby-like. Well, yeah, you want to be babied. You've given you've given so much, mm-hmm. and, and she has. She's raised children. Yeah. She's she's had a household. Yeah. She's worked her whole life, and and now she wants to be babied, and she earned it. But she didn't earn acting like a baby. Yeah, you can be a little babied, and you know what's going to be a hell of a lot easier for her to be babied is if she lives a hundred feet away from her child. Yeah, and you know she's going to have like the little bell in the <laughs> ring, or a triangle, ding. Yeah, or just a light. She like she like Morse code coming out of the bungalow. Bring me another roll of toilet paper. (laughs) That was fast Morse code. (laughs) Okay, I think we've answered this. What we think they should do. I hope that it doesn't come to that point where they need to threat anything. No, I think your solution is perfect. And you know what's going to happen. She's going to feel bad and she's going to give them the big house. She should feel bad. She's wasted their time. And maybe there's a little happy medium. Maybe they, they give her visitation rights. Say every Wednesday and Saturday you get to live in the big house and we'll go uh, stay in a hotel. As it is, I <laughs> as it is, I think in the four bedroom house she's going to end up having a bedroom. I, I'm telling you right now that bungalow is going to be rented out to Airbnb. <laughs> that mother in law is living in the big house with her bell. Yeah, with, with the bell, <laughs> so it can really be heard. <laughs> she's going to win. Out. She's going to win everything. <laughs> I mean, this is her grand plan. You know what? I, actually, I realize. She's not a bad person. She's a mastermind. Uh, yeah, she's like Dr. No. <laughs> she's planned this whole thing. She sees how it all plays yeah. out. She's getting the big house and she's getting the small house and she's getting her bell. Yeah, her bell. <laughs> okay, Anonymous, good luck. 
I definitely feel you need it. I mean, there's no question whether or not we think you're in the right here. I do think this is mostly going to fall on your husband's yeah. shoulders. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, this is this is not something to get too involved in as the daughter-in-law. No, Just because sometimes things said in, a, in the heat of the moment when you're in-laws, you're not blood. Some of them can't be taken back. No bueno. Yeah. That could be permanent. Yes. He is unfortunately bearing this cross. I feel bad for him. Like all day he's like, he's like demoing the place, building walls and like jackhammering. And now he also has to do this. There has been a lot of very loud and purposeful sighing (laughs) on his, his front. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yes. Well then, Andy, that is a wrap for this Q&A. All right. Okay. The heart and soul. Another one in the books. Another one in the books. I liked this one. I love kind of sticky questions. Yeah. You guys know by now. Stickier the better. Yeah. And whenever there's money involved, I'm like, ooh, this Mm. extra stick. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm sick. (laughs) A lot of questions end up being around uh, bachelorette parties. (laughs) There have been many. We should have a whole Q&A of Bachelorette Party questions. Oh, and that one, by the way, the I feel like the subtext of that one was even money, but we won't go there. By the way, has there ever in the history of the world been a Bachelorette Party without one dispute between two of the members? No. Okay. <laughs> Never. But it's worth it, it because is. friendship. Blow up penises. <laughs> exactly. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Leave us Apple and Spotify podcast ratings and reviews. Tell your friends and generally do all the things you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye.